Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24 7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's session. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchel, here with Katrina Linhard, Latchel's learning and resource specialist. And today, our guest is Alexandra Alvarado with AAOA, the American Apartment Owners Association. I'm super excited to dig into what AAOA is and how it can help you. Uh, Welcome to the show, Alexandra. Hi, thanks for having me, Ethan. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. I'm super excited to, to dig into everything today. We've actually, um, I think we've been working together maybe a, a year now. I think the first time we maybe talked was in, in February or January last year. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to show the, the value you guys have to offer to all of our, our customers. And maybe actually to kick us off, Alexandra, could you give us a quick elevator pitch on AAOA? Sure. Um, So AAOA was started in 2004 by property managers and um, investors that really wanted to provide a resource to other landlords and property managers where they could go to get the tools that they need to manage properties better. And that ranges from tenant screening to having the right forms to having access to the right vendors and education, most of all. And so since then, um, you know, they started off with a free model. Basically, anybody could join for free. We still have that. And back in those days, that was, I guess, one of the first freemium kind of models that came out. Um, So we got a lot of traction. And uh, now we have 112,000 members um, all over the country. We're the largest landlord association um, and really a community where people can come and Uh, really come to and talk to us if they need to or find things that they need to better manage their properties. Awesome. Yeah. Um, And to dive into a little bit more around everything you guys do serve, I know tenant screening is a huge, huge problem for a lot of people. So um, can you dive a little bit more into how you guys ease that for landlords um, joining into the association? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's crazy is I read a statistic that there's still about 30% of landlords, like smaller mom and pop landlords that don't screen tenants. And it's it's insane to me, uh, because when we started this in 2004, um, in that time, it was sort of still new to do background checks online. Uh, The actual founder of the company, he started a tenant screening company first before he started AAOA. And he wanted to offer more than just tenant screening. But even when he started, it was still pretty new to be able to do this. Um, 
now mo most landlords do tenant screening, um, but really the challenge with it is knowing what kind of data you're getting, um, knowing that the data is going to be accurate and you can rely on it, and being able to get it quickly so that you can make a decision quickly as well. So really, it's all about time. You know, the less time you have your unit vacant, the less time you're spending finding a tenant, but at the same time, not sacrificing the quality, right? So being able to offer a credit check that's easy to read and a full background check that you can really be confident in so that you know the person that is going to move into your place doesn't have evictions, they don't have criminal pasts, they're not going to be a problem for you is peace of mind, really. And I think, you know, we started tenant screening before it was, you know, widespread. And now now it is, and, and we're still working on making it even better. I have to imagine it, this probably isn't accounted for by a lot of landlords, but that a bad screening is probably the biggest risk to having positive net operating income on a property. Oh yeah. Not Absolutely. only because of the damage that they could potentially cause, but you're talking like all that lost rent. Absolutely. And and you when you think about it, you know, a tenant screening report on average is going to be anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars, right? And when you think about that cost and going through that, I guess some people can think of it as a hassle. We try to make it, you know, as easy as we can. But when you think of the upfront cost to what the consequences could be, you know, even in like very extreme ones, but there's also just like the common consequence, right? You obviously, if somebody isn't, you know, paying um, their bills on time, if you have somebody who is a serial evictor, basically they move into a place, they sign a lease with no intent to ever pay rent. And then they go through a really lengthy eviction process, they draw it out and they live rent free. And then they, how do they find another landlord, you would ask yourself. Um, well, they try to target landlords that don't do eviction searches. And something that's really crazy that people don't know about. In fact, we've been trying to hammer this into our landlord's education. But two years ago in 2017, the credit bureaus stopped reporting evictions on credit reports. So a lot of landlords are only getting a credit report. And they think they're getting eviction records on it but they are gone. 97% of them were removed in 2017. 100% of tax liens have been removed. So if you're relying on a screening provider that doesn't give you evictions from the courts and you're only getting a credit report, that's a huge, huge red flag that you could be missing. And most people who get evicted, you know, I wouldn't say most people, but many of them are candidates to get evicted again. You know, they may they may be in the habit of doing that. You wouldn't know if you didn't have an eviction report. So that I think is one of the most important parts of the screening process. And a lot of people don't know that that's not on a credit report anymore. Can you walk us through what um, AAOA's eviction, uh, sorry, the, the screening uh, process looks like? Because yeah. I, I do think a lot of landlords, um, and property managers too, they probably are just thinking, oh, I do my credit check and you know, if it's this number, good to go. It sounds like that's not the case. So what, what is the right way to do it? And what does your process look like? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the whole looking at only a score or even I've heard landlords that say, oh, you know, the tenant told me 
that they have, uh, you know, 750. And I'm like, and they're like, but this report, you know, it says that they have a 550. You know, what? what's wrong with your report? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it might be the other way around. <laughs> Maybe the, the tenant's trying to get the place. Um, yeah. so it, it's really more than just a score um, and especially not taking a tenant's, you know, word per se, even though you may want to trust them. I mean, it, they are ultimately a stranger who is, uh, borrowing an asset from you that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, so that's a huge thing. It should not be taken lightly. And really for the process of it, first of all, it starts with the application, which we provide. So first thing is collecting information. And a lot of landlords are scared to collect information because people are a little weird about, oh, maybe you know they're gonna steal my information or how is this landlord gonna use my information? Um, but the more information you have, the better screening you can get. And that means having a social, if you can get one, date of birth, of course, and name, and any previous addresses and landlord references that you can also call. The next part then is going to our website and you're basically going to type in the tenant's information. You can pay for it or you can have the tenant pay for it, it's up to you. And either way, the tenant gets an email and they have to authorize the release of the report. So that authorization process helps with the identity fraud, right? So if they can't answer their own questions correctly, it might not be them their account gets locked and then they have to call in and provide a driver's license. So it has an extra layer of protection there. Mm. Once they do that, then the report comes back and what's on it is not just a credit report. Um, you also get previous addresses that are based on the person's social. We use a completely different database outside of the credit bureau to find more addresses than I think any other company can get. And the reason why that's important is because eviction records usually don't have date of births or social security numbers attached to them. So what makes it difficult is to know whether or not an eviction actually belongs to somebody. If you're only using the name, it could be a common name. But if you have a list of addresses that you know the person has lived at based on their social, those are more addresses that you can check the evictions for which means you're gonna get a more accurate eviction report. And then likewise on criminal records, somebody's lived in a certain county and some criminal records may even have an address attached to them and also alias names that may be found through searching the social. We can be very confident mm -hmm. that any eviction record we show you, any criminal record we show you is gonna be that person that you're screening and we're not gonna miss any in the cracks. Um, so we've done a really good job of filtering that and creating the data partnerships to be able to access enough data instead of relying on the credit bureaus. Because the credit bureaus, at least TransUnion, they offer criminal screening and eviction screening through themselves directly. Um, we've looked at that data and we're not confident in it. So we've created our own partnerships that we feel are much more strong. And we think that this is our, this is our job. We have to give the best and most accurate data. So that's really our priority over really convenience on our end because it took a lot more programming and a lot more business development. But in the end, a lot of people come to us because we have better data they can trust. I have like so many questions just, <laughs> just off that. So maybe we can kind of like ease into some of them. I think the first thing like probably most people listening that are wondering is you mentioned you can pay for it or the tenant can pay for it. 
you're probably thinking, okay, I'd rather have the tenant pay for it. Right. How much does it cost? <laughs> yeah, so good what, question. What is the fee? Yeah, so a credit report alone by itself, which we don't necessarily recommend, but we do offer it as an option, is $20. Um, adding eviction to that would put it at 30 and then adding criminal to that puts it at $35.95. Um, and then if you wanted to add in other reports that were on top of that, um, like nationwide reports and social security number verification, um, then it's a little bit more. Um, but overall, you're looking at $36 on average for our most popular package. And that's pretty consistent with application fees. Um, yeah. At least, you yeah, know, most places. Standard. Yeah. So most tenants, they know that they're going to have to pay an application fee when they apply somewhere. Um, so it's usually in the landlord's best interest to just use the built tenant option. So then the tenant can just at the point where they're, you know, verifying their identity, they can also put in, you know, their credit card and pay for it. And that way you also know the tenants invested. Right. So you're not like. Yeah trying to, you know, hunt them down and beg them to rent your place. They obviously, they paid for it. They're probably going to go through with, you know, it if you decide to rent to them. I have to imagine to some degree too, some landlords have got to be saying, well, if you don't have the 35 bucks for the application, can I trust you to be spending, you know, 1200 per month on rent? But <laughs> yeah. I am kind of curious, are there cases where, it's better for the manager, the landlord to be flipping that fee instead of passing it to the tenant? You know, it, it could be um, in some cases. I mean, if you have like a very um, loose rental market where you're really trying to get a tenant and you want to incentivize more applications, you could certainly, but just know that you're at risk of losing that money because you, first of all, don't know if that's going to be a tenant that can even qualify. Yeah. We you know you can't really trust them based on their word necessarily. Um, so you may screen somebody just to find out that they really don't qualify and they overstated their qualifications and then you're out that money. Mm -hmm. um, or you could screen them and then they could just flake on you, which happens a lot. And uh, unfortunately, you know, once the report comes through, you don't you know, you don't get refunded for it. So it's, it's sort of, you know, could be a loss, but if you're, if you really want to incentivize it, what you could do is say, if you qualify, if you meet my standard qualifications, I'll refund you the fee. Even oh, if I don't rent to you, yeah. even if I don't rent to you, but it, that's, that's what I don't like is like, if you're paying for something and then the person knew they didn't even qualify, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> uh, my, my second question um, is, and it's actually first an observation, which is it sounds to me like on your reporting, you go very in depth and you go in depth in such a way that it sounds like other providers might not. And I'm, I'm curious because you're going to know more about this than me and probably more about this than a lot of our listeners. Um, is this like secret sauce that's unique to you or would our listeners be getting this in any kind of report they requested from? No, um, it is our secret sauce and we've worked very hard to get it. I would say you're looking at like 90% of other providers for tenant screening on the market. They're using uh, TransUnion's data. 
most yeah. of most of them. So what they're basically doing is they're buying TransUnion's data and they're reselling it to you. Mm -hmm. um, which there's nothing wrong with TransUnion in the sense that they do have their credit reports that, you know, they're one of the three major credit bureaus. But um, from what we've seen, their criminal and eviction data isn't as strong. So most likely, even though it might be branded under a different screenings company, their data is most likely coming from TransUnion. Some of them may be Experian, um, but they're not really background check data experts. They're more credit report experts. They're, you know, a credit bureau. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. And then also, um, you know, we we have, you know, lease guarantee that's included, the analyzer that's included there, and telecheck to see if the person's written any bad checks, which is also a separate um, report. I haven't seen any of our competitors offer. Um, we're we're adding bank verifications uh, this year, so people cool. could see uh, direct deposits for you know paychecks and also uh, balances in the account if they would like to disclose that and verify it through the bank directly, which is I think another issue as well as verifying income, which the credit reports and the credit bureaus don't do. My ears kind of perked up when you said the words lease guarantee. My ears usually perk up when someone says guarantee. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Um, so lease guarantee is actually really awesome. It start we started it about a year ago. Um, we partnered with Lease Guarantee, which is a startup. Um, they basically what they do is they back the lease. So if later the tenant you have to evict them or let's say you have to take them to court for some other reason like excessive damages, or maybe they ended their lease early and you were out money because you had to fill that vacancy, lease guarantee would cover those losses. Um, so in terms of like renting to somebody, you can collect a security deposit, but that runs out quick, right? Um, if somebody, you know, they're not paying rent for over two months and they leave damages, the security deposit's probably not gonna cover that. Um, so you would have to take them to court, try to get the money from them. They probably won't have the money. And then really at that point, you're just trying to get them out of your property so you can rent it to somebody better. In this case, if you have lease guarantee, you don't have to go through that. You would basically just be able to get your money reimbursed and then ultimately then, you know, look for somebody else. The tenant's still held responsible by lease guarantee for the debt that's owed, but lease guarantee, you know, they have the time to hunt them down and get it. Yeah, um, so you which, don't have to, you, you get yeah, your money. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So what the lease guarantee analyzer is, is it, it's included in every report and basically just tells you whether or not the tenant qualifies for it. The qualifications are set really low though. So to be honest, if they don't qualify for lease guarantee, you probably don't want to rent to them anyway. <laughs> sure. Uh, and obviously like, you know, similar to like most insurance, if the person's more risky, it's a little more expensive. But the nice thing about it is you get to choose who pays for it, similar to the reports. So you could have the tenant pay for it if maybe they don't meet all your qualifications, but they pay for the lease guarantee, then just in case you can have that to fall back on. Um, and then also, you know, maybe incentivize people by paying a lower fee for the lease guarantee instead of maybe, uh, you know, collecting a really large security deposit up front. Because lease guarantee is usually just a few hundred dollars for the year. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was just thinking here, it's like just in the first 20 minutes of this, we've been like we've loaded with a plethora of information just on tenant screening and whatnot. And I know you said 30% of landlords don't even do tenant screening because I think there's a big population that are like the accidental landlords and not actively seeking this kind of stuff. But um, I think that's another thing that AOA can offer. It sounds like there's a lot of different, like you get access to updates like this, like in 2017, they stopped including evictions on credit reports and whatnot. So can you dive into a little bit more about what you get, I guess, updates wise in terms of landlording? Oh, absolutely. So you all know, because we featured you in our newsletter, um, our newsletter is one of the most powerful tools we have to communicate with our members the changes, and it's free to subscribe. So um, even if you're not you know, a paying member, even if you're just a guest and you just wanted to be part of the newsletter, I'd recommend it. I mean, it's free. Um, basically, what we do is we curate articles and news that is most relevant to the industry. Um, so really, I mean, it has so much to learn from. This industry is constantly changing, um, whether it's, you know, investing trends, legal trends, or just knowing, you know, any changes that are coming up on our website that you can take advantage of. Um, there are, that's one of the primary sources of education. And then from there also are webinars. So we have really amazing speakers that come to teach our members more about their level of expertise, their area of expertise. So like I'm not an attorney. Um, I definitely know a lot about what's going on in the space, but I love having attorneys or maybe a CPA or somebody who really knows their field and specifically in the rental industry to come and talk to our members about, you know, what they can do. And really it's for anybody. It doesn't matter if they're a small company or, or a very large company. Um, there's a little bit for everybody to learn. And because it's changing, you know, there's always something new that we can share. Yeah. And speaking of, we, uh, we had just talked about um, the five multifamily investment predictions for 2020. So we'd gone over that a little bit. Um, and maybe we can dive into a little bit what we can look forward to in that space for 2020. Um, so I think um, a fear of a market correction is a big one that had been discussed. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because I feel like this market correction prediction has been on our calendar for like years now. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it just doesn't, like, doesn't what year is it? it? Are we still talking about this? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Isn't this supposed to happen like four years ago? Exactly. Um, so it's it's still it's still on for like the 2020 predictions. I don't know if this will be the year. I can't tell you. I'm not an economist, and even they are seem to be getting it wrong. Um, but Really, you know, part of it is that the good thing, at least, or I guess bad, depending on what side of it you're on, is uh, renters are growing. the The population of renters are growing, and and that's something that we're not getting away from anytime soon. Um, so, even if there is a market correction, that really just means fewer home sales, fewer people entering the home buyer market. Unfortunate for people, especially if they're younger who may want to have had that American dream and maybe now they're postponing it because of the economy and because of inflation and maybe not seeing their you know, salary match up to that. 
Um, but ultimately what that means for the property manager and for property owners and investors is you're going to have more renters and they're not going to run out. Um, now, whether or not you'll have to maybe cut back your rental rates at some point, if there is a big market correction in the U.S. economy, that's really going to be where you may lose some. But it, ultimately, I don't see there being like a high vacancy rate. If anything, you know, your vacancy rates would stay stable or even grow in the coming year. So it, it, that's definitely not a problem. It's more so just, you know, being prepared and a little conservative with investing perhaps in this time um, and just having some cash on hand uh, to wait it out until, you know, you can invest again once the economy comes up, should it actually start to go into a market correction, which at this point, it doesn't look like it has yet. So um, fingers crossed. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, do you think it's important to distinguish that a correction isn't a change of the trend? And that I think you're you're spot on when you say the trend is more rentership. Like yeah. that's not gonna change even if there's a correction and the correction will correct itself and the trend will still be more rentership. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, whether it's a recession now or later, it's it just keeps moving that way. Um and that's it, it, it's unfortunate, you know, because ultimately people want to be home buyers. Uh, 75% of millennials say they want to own a home. How many of them actually do? Not not 75% of them. Um, so, you know, it's sad um, for sure because I would want to maybe, but at the same time, in terms of rentership and vacancy rates, you know, it's, it's that's not going to go away. So, it yeah. does provide some stability, at least for, for rental owners. I had a, um, in high school, an economics teacher that, that sat us all down. They said, the most important thing that you kids know is that every 12 years, there's a market correction in real estate. And we were like 16 or something. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, why are you worried about what said? <laughs> the funny, the funny part was that, um, she had like nailed the prediction with that that 12 year statement with the, the 2007 to 08 slump, I guess the Great Recession. Mm -hmm. um, we'll, we'll see if that 12 years holds. I think we're coming up on uh, what 2020 now, right? It's not 12 years yeah. after 08, so it <laughs> is. but maybe, maybe not. This could be the year. 16, wide range, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll see. We'll see. I do think one of the more interesting uh, things to look at that might have bigger impact, and it's already happening, is these greater uh, rent control laws coming in place, specifically in California, um, Oregon. where, where I, all three of us are located in California. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> New yeah, York. Oregon, New, New York. Yeah. With an insane amount of rent regulations in 2018 that, you know, we had our clients in New York calling us kind of in a panic, like, what does this mean? What's going to happen? And, um, you know, I have to say that, yeah, uh, rent control is usually in favor of tenants, right? Or it's supposed to be. Um, in this case, though, I don't know. I feel like part of it is is a little over sensationalized in the media. I mean, California law is still allowing for a 5% increase plus inflation. 
So that's actually more than what a lot of landlords were already raising rent every year. I mean, 5%, if you think about it, is actually quite a bit. Um, so it's, it's not actually that low. Um, now, the problem is for the property owners that didn't keep up their rent to market rate before this law went into place, they're kind of screwed because they can't really bring it up if they wanted to, which was always an option before. You know, I, I know some landlords, they have a really hard time uh, raising rent and property management yeah. managers too. They don't want the person to leave. Um, they also, you know, it's just uncomfortable. It's just not a nice feeling to have to ask people for more money to renew a lease. And so there are some rentals out there that, you know, for one reason or, or another have been below market rate for a long time. Those are really going to be the ones that are more affected by this um, versus the ones that have always like consistently raised rent. They probably didn't even raise it by 5% plus inflation. So I don't think they're going to really have a huge change in terms of like how much rental income they're going to have over the next decade or so. But if you didn't already have that in place before this law went into effect, it'll take you a really long time at 5% each year to get back to market rate. Um, yeah. So that would be like really the main concern. Um, but you know it's coming to other states and i don't know how aggressive other states will be but it tends to be looking like this is the this is going to be the decade for tenants um for tenants to come up and really try to uh, push their rights um, on legislation and a lot of landlords are fighting back as well but um you know some of it i think can be I guess maybe working together might be something that that is a possibility. And I think rather than looking at it as landlords versus tenants, um, landlords may have to start looking at how to work with tenants because I don't know that really going extreme in one direction or the other is really going to help anybody. Yeah, I think that's you know? well said. I'm curious as, well, I'm curious about two things. One is if you act, if you think or have a hunch that this is going to become statewide, national thing of like rent control across the state or at, at a federal level, I don't think that would ever happen. Maybe I'm curious, like if you do have feelings on how how that rolls out, and I'm also curious if you have feelings on ways that uh, apartment owners and managers can uh, work to maintain good net operating income in spite of potentially more uh, rent control? Are there other levers that they'll have? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, so I think in terms of the first part of your question, federally, no. Um, but I think there are definitely a lot of states that are are going to swing that way. Um, I mean, California, just January 1st, now we have this, the whole statewide one. That's, that's kind of crazy to have a whole state. We've always had small cities and municipalities um, that have had have been under rent control. Mm -hmm. um, but to see an entire state now under rent control, that's, that's actually moving in a different direction. And I can see that there will be more states that will do that statewide. Now, this is all sort of a test. So I think that there are some states that are looking to other states to be the guinea pigs first, the ones that are more aggressive in terms of tenants rights, like California and New York, and to see how it pans out. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then if it does work well, and you know, with anything, I always want to hope that things do work well, um, then I could see a lot of other states uh, jumping on board. So I think it's going to depend on how these legislation, this, this legislation really affects the next decade, and how it can be shown to help uh, both landlords and, and renters. Um, and that's, I think, going to determine how like widespread it's going to become. Um, but I think a few more will join in. Uh, and then in terms of, you know, keeping your operating income high, I mean, it really is more so, I guess, uh, trimming the fat and keeping your, um, whatever you're offering as, as it, it should, keeping a stable tenant base is really where it's at, Right. Um, and making tenants happy. So ultimately having less turnover is going to reduce your costs. And so sometimes things that might seem like they're more money up front or more towards helping tenants may come back to actually help you in the long run if you have stable tenants, if you have um, high vacancy rates, and you're able to, if there is a recession for some reason, accommodate those tenants. Um, and in spite of maybe issues that they may have with their income. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really being a good landlord. Uh, ultimately, being a good landlord means being smart, but not being cheap. <laughs> yeah. and, and keeping a stable tenant base as a result. You know, I never made the um, connection until just now that things like that lease guarantee you mentioned earlier in the, the show, and how that does help in some ways hedge against the the market correction right which is you know if you you do experience a correction where the tenants are having issues potentially paying rent that 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 lease guarantee becomes the hedge you're protecting yourself in, in case absolutely you know. yeah i mean that's anything could change you know even somebody who you know, I don't, I, I don't think this correction, if there is going to be one this year is, or next year, is going to be really as severe, most likely, as the one we had, you know, 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, but in case it were, some people were affected by it under lease guarantee, yeah, that would be a great way for a landlord to have some peace of mind. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, um, that would help them stay ahead of the game if something like that were to happen for sure. Yeah. I, I actually hadn't made that parallel myself. Yeah. It, may, it makes me wonder um, what companies like, you know, lease guarantee are thinking in that regard. I wonder if it makes them a little more nervous or if you know, I'm sure they've already modeled all that out and have it planned. So I'm, I'm sure. They've, yeah. They've already got that under. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I think, too, for the most part, at least what we've seen with lease guarantee now that we've ran it for over a year is um, most tenants that are under lease guarantee, they're very motivated to pay rent on time. Um, a lot of them wouldn't have qualified for the rental otherwise. And so they see it as an opportunity to start fresh. So I, I was curious. I wanted to, like, actually do some, like, you know, boots on the ground. Like, I want to talk to people. I want to know what you guys think of this program. I was really interested in it. And um, at the one-year mark, I started calling a lot of the landlords that had had these tenants for a year. And I asked them, 
you know, what, how did it go? What was your experience? Cause you didn't file a claim and the claim rate was so low. Cause I could see, you know, that in our system. And I, I was asking, they're like, no, you know what? This was like the best tenant I've ever had. You know, somebody who, you know, was coming out of divorce. They didn't have a lot of money. They had a bankruptcy. I, I they qualified for lease guarantee. I rented to them and they turned out great. So it, it seems to be like in more cases than not, people are going to try to keep a roof over their head and lease guarantee seems to provide them with some incentive in a way to, to do that. Um, like almost like they're given an opportunity they don't want to waste. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think um, when talking about all of this, especially when we're talking about tightening up um, everything in the business, that's when tenant screening and looking into these things becomes really important because you may not know how long a tenant's going to stay if you don't screen them well and things don't go well. So uh, I guess the big thing here is it becomes, it's already important as is, but whether or not this recession happens this year, next year, in the next four years, um, definitely keep, keep your eyes on tenant screening and how to do it properly. And outside of that, is there anything else that you would say landlords should definitely not, um, I guess, comb over like they do with tenant screening sometimes? Huh, that's that's a good point. Um, so I think there are a few things I could think of. Um, one is like, for example, their lease agreements. Um, a lot of people use like, I don't know where they get their lease agreements or if they write them themselves, but that can come back to bite you. Having a strong lease agreement, especially now with all this new legislation, that's like very tenant friendly. It's so important to invest in a good lease that you can confidently defend in court because that may start to happen more um, because there are more favorable laws for tenants and more resources for tenants. Um, lawsuits are on the rise. That's definitely been a trend it's going to continue being a trend whether it's a lawsuit that's you know frivolous or one that you know maybe is actually something that you violated unintentionally um you know you really are still gonna be you could be in that spot anybody could be in that spot and so if you don't have a good lease in hand that's that can come back to bite you so having the right lease having the right education when it comes to fair housing Fair housing lawsuits are on the rise, and whether it's a tenant who's suing or a tenant who finds a lawyer who finds a problem to sue for, um, you know, unfortunately, landlords are going to be targets. And all of these laws that are coming into place, somebody's going to be keeping tabs on who's following them or not. That's the whole point of having these laws, right? Especially in New York. So uh, New York made more than just changes to, you know, rent prices really it's it's more deep than that it's it's also evictions they also touched on application fees and criminal background checks and disclosures so you have all these new pieces of legislation and saying i don't know to a judge or i didn't know that is not going to be a defense it's not going to cut it and that's going to be expensive so having insurance for those um for those cases um having a good lease agreement and being really careful this this is this is the age of the tenant rights this is the tenant's rights age you know not the landlord's rights age unfortunately for landlords so you just have to be very careful it's still profitable it's still a you know 
it's still going to be a good thing to be a landlord. Obviously, we talked about how renters are always going to be around, um, but you just have to be more careful now. One of the things I'd actually add two things there. One, just a, a quick comment, because I, I think it's really interesting that this has become a major selling point of Latchell's service. Um, you already know, Alexandra, most of what we do, providing maintenance help to landlords and managers. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a new program, though, where uh, at the end of a, a tenant move out, because Latchell's taking all those requests in and we have all that documentation, we're in a really good position to do a security uh, deposit review. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's fascinating to me is how helpful this has actually been to landlords and managers because they get to offload the uh, almost like the audit of the deduction to make sure they're not deducting anything illegal. Because I'm sure, as you know, when that ends up in court, if it, if it ever did, you're not just responsible for uh, the deduction, you actually get fined and that fine can be up to two and a half X what that deposit is. And now you're basically out the equivalent of two and a half months rent. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. These restrictions are making it more and more difficult um, to just stay compliant and to make sure you're not losing, you know, two and a half months rent on something silly, like accidentally deducting for nail holes which in California technically isn't legal. The holes right. have to be, I think, like larger than a quarter inch or something before you can deduct mm-hmm. for it. Um, the second thing that I think would be relevant here, and you mentioned this actually early in the show, and I want to dig into this. I think one of the most dangerous things uh, apartment owners can do is use vendor labor, uh, contractors, you know, trades folks, service providers that are not licensed, bonded, or insured, that have not been vetted. Because one, like, you don't know who you're dealing with if they're not vetted. But two, if anything does happen and you didn't go through the appropriate channels to confirm they could actually be on site doing work and have the appropriate licenses and insurance, again, you're putting yourself in huge risk I would love to hear a little bit more about how AAOA helps with that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really important one. Um, One of the things that we just launched last week is actually multifamily insurance for rentals. So um, having the right insurance backing in case there are those kinds of, um, you know, lawsuits that come out against you, that's important to have. And a lot of people don't know that their current policy doesn't cover them if Mm. something like that happens, which means even if you win the case, you're going to be out of money, a lot of it. And so with the insurance, multifamily insurance, you can actually, you know, hedge against some of those risks. Of course, it's always most important to do your homework up front. That's part of how you'll win a case. And then if you have insurance, get paid out for your costs. Mm. Um, And really, that has to do with, like you said, screening um, vendors and contractors. We actually have a sister company called A Good Employee. And A Good Employee does background checks, license checks for contractors. We offer the service to our members as well. Um, so if you want to screen a contractor or whoever's going to be coming to the house before they get there, you can look them up and it's like a nominal fee. It's instant and it just tells you 
you know, whether or not they're licensed for whatever it is and, you know, whether they have a criminal background check. And that at least shows your due diligence. So if you were, if something were to happen, you can at least show that you tried to uncover any past behavior that could have been problematic. And then um, that can be, you know, a huge piece of evidence that you could use if something were like bad were to happen, hopefully not. But you always have to be prepared and waiting until something bad happens is, you know, the worst way to go about it. Um, it's usually too late at that point. I'm going to ask you a really selfish question that probably will only serve me. And our <laughs> listeners are like, why are you asking that? We don't care about that. But I promise for everyone listening, this is going to be short. You have all this awesome value. And I imagine most of your customers like work within like your your portals and stuff that they can access or, or request it from you somehow. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong there, but, but I'm also curious if you have APIs for technology companies like Latchel to, to use these tools through an API format. Oh yeah, we absolutely do. Um, we have actually many partners that you wouldn't know are our partners because they have everything branded under their name uh, under an API. So oh. uh, we are one of the few screening companies that have an API actually. Um, and so it's it comes with everything you need, including like your lease guarantee analyzer, your, you know, whatever it is that you would want. Um, most of it has been built into our API. Um, so it's a really great way for, you know, a company like yours to offer, you know, another service too, because it's all kind of related, you know, we're all, yeah. you're all trying to manage this whole, you know, complicated rental business that, you know, seems like it's easy from an outsider's perspective until you get in it. And then you realize there's all these moving parts. You have to deal with all this maintenance. You have to deal with screening tenants and lawsuits and staying up to date on laws and what's going on. It doesn't matter if you have a unit or if you have a hundred or a thousand, like it's just as important. So it seems to be like something so many people need. And there's so many synergies, you know, between all these different services but yeah, I mean, we have an API and and not and and for companies like you guys that aren't really you know in tenant screening, but yeah. their customers would be able to use it, you know. Um, and I I think that more more synergies like that can help people, you know, ultimately more people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do, do most of the the AALA members use? you know, one of like the, the big softwares out there, like Yardi or, or RealPage or something like that? Like what is kind of like the, the typical member of AAOA look like? Yeah, um, so most of our members don't uh, use those softwares. Um, so part of the, you know, whole thing about AAOA is not having to pay for really expensive software. Um, so I think at a certain level, it makes sense to get a software if um, you have a larger corporation with, you know, a ton of employees, you're really trying to um, streamline a lot of your processes, um, especially like things like accounting and things like that, then it might make sense. Um, the cost is pretty high. The learning curve is higher. Um, these softwares, no matter how much they make them, you know, quote unquote, easy to use, ultimately, it is an investment, not only in money, but also your time to learn how to use them. So our approach is to make it a little bit easier and cheaper to do that and achieve similar results um, independent from having to pay 
you know, really large chunk of money. It just doesn't make sense for people, especially if they have under a hundred units to work with those larger companies. Um, So most of our clientele would fall in between like 50 and like 150 units. Um, We have some smaller ones too, but uh, at that point then some of them maybe start to look elsewhere, but we also have some really larger clients that you know, have decided they don't need all those bells and whistles and they really just want to focus on their core, um, our core services and they yeah. don't really need it. So it, it really just depends on like, I guess how tech savvy your team is, um, how, if it's worth it. And at a certain point it might be worth it, but I think if you have like under a couple hundred units, it's usually not. Yeah, that makes sense. I think too that one of the issues I've always had with these softwares is it feels like everything is like a price gouging. Yeah. Every extra thing you want, you're like, okay, it's more money out the door. Now what's my net operating income? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking as good anymore. Exactly, exactly. And then it's it's funny too, because I just had another vendor and I love working with vendors like you guys. And I had this uh, vendor who came on and he started a course for landlords called QuickBooks for Landlords. And it's literally taking QuickBooks, which, you know, is not, it, it's like easy. It's like, you know, something that everybody knows about, mm-hmm. but really taking a course to learn how to use it specifically if you're a landlord. So how to like pretty much transform QuickBooks into Yardi <laughs> and what, what, what they do. And it's, it's actually really interesting because you can use simple tools to manage your rentals um, almost just as effectively without being price gouged. Um, but, you know, it's part of it's the branding and, you know, having at, at a larger corporate level, I could see how you would want that. Um, but if you're not there, then it just doesn't make sense to pay for something like that. And you're right. It just really eats into your bottom line where you could be a free member of AAOA, um, you know, and use QuickBooks for your accounting and use Latchel for your maintenance yeah. versus, <laughs> you know, using a Yardie for, you know, I don't know, $1,000 a month or something like that. Yeah, Absolutely. And so I know you guys also um, give access to a lot of expert advice. So when you become a member, how accessible is um, kind of your customer support team around questions around landlording and whatnot? Well, I love that you asked that because that's one of the things that we're probably most proud about and that we also get the most surprised people of <laughs> coming to us, um, especially because if you were to call our phone number right now, literally somebody answers the phone within like a second or two. It is so fast that we catch people mid conversation. We catch people eating or drinking (laughs) something or coughing (laughs) because they don't expect us to answer the phone as quickly as we do. Um, So when we're here in the office, we have a fantastic team that I would say is all pretty equally knowledgeable on everything. It's not like there's a department for this or a department for that or you know, press two to get to accounting. And we all are very knowledgeable and we operate in a very communal workspace where it's not super hierarchical. We're all kind of part of the same family and we all have the same goal, which is to help anybody who calls in as long as it takes, you know, going with them line by line, literally on a lease, line by line on a credit report, 
We're on the phone with people sometimes for over an hour. We're never encouraged to make the call shorter. If anything, longer calls are better. Um, we really take pride in that because if you try to call most companies, even ones that are supposed to be helping landlords, you'll probably get connected to like 10 different people or they might not even have a phone number for you to call. Um, so we, we've found that that's like one of the most useful things and we don't really care, honestly, if you've, you know, spent however much money with us or you just, you know, called in today, it's, it's really not about that. We just want to help more people. And so we're always open to talk to anybody. And if we don't have the answers, we find somebody who does. We have a great network of people that are experts in different areas. And so if, if it comes to it, we help as much as we can. And then we direct them to somebody who can actually help them in more detail. That sounds great for whoever's on the other end of the line, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <That's incredible>. <laughs> it's <laughs> rare nowadays. To, uh, yeah, yeah. There are times when I got on the phone and I, I am, I just do whip out a meal because I'm emotionally preparing myself to just sit on hold for a while. So I'm sure it is very refreshing for people to do this, like, have short hold times and long phone calls about getting their questions answered because yeah, it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. A lot of people go into property investing thinking like, Oh yeah, just get a person in there and they just pay my mortgage and my rent and we're good to go. But there's so many different things behind it that once you actually do start, you're like, Oh wow, this is, this is a journey. So. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Especially people who like are, like you said, accidental landlords that fall into it. Maybe they inherit a property or they, you know, decide that they just want to do it on a whim. And it's like, we get calls from people like that all the time. We probably get more calls from people like that who are kind of in a frenzy than we do the more experienced landlords. Um, but, you know, we help everybody regardless. Are there some like common questions you get very often to that advice line? Um, you know, usually we get a lot of questions, um, regarding like, well, a lot of it's tenant screening once they've used our service and knowing whether or not to, um, rent to somebody. So a lot of landlords, especially when they're newer, they don't know exactly what to look for. Um, they don't know what, where the red flags are. Um, once we start asking them questions, they start to kind of realize whether or not they want to rent to somebody. And I think usually we're not supposed to be on the call and tell them, yes, you should rent to them or no, you shouldn't. Because ultimately it is the landlord's decision. So nobody here would tell you that, but we would make it so clear what this person is about that it would be very easy for you to decide. Yeah, you walk them through and say, well, they've <laughs> before. They've had lots of unpaid rent. Before. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, is we, and I've run into it too, where there's landlords that it doesn't even matter what's on the report. They sometimes they just really want to believe that it's a good person, that they, that that person could really be somebody they can rent to. And it's almost like, they don't want to believe it. Like they don't want to believe yeah. it because it's so different than maybe the face that that person gave them. And it can be hard for people to separate the experience of showing the unit and talking yes. to that tenant with like, is it mm. actually a good decision for your business? Because right. really landlording, it, it, it's a business. Your, it your, your job is to make that business profitable because if it's not, you're going to be losing your shirt. 
Absolutely. And, and that's what we tell people. And the good thing is, is, you know, we haven't met that person. I don't know what that person looks like. I don't know what they're like in person, but I can tell you what I'm looking at on this report is not good. <laughs> so, you know, I, and that's, that's really, I think why people like to call us too, is when they have a, an issue like that, whether it's tenant screening or what to do when somebody starts falling behind on their late payments, what to do when somebody, um, you know, they have to evict them and then they owe them money. How do they collect on that money? Um, how do they, you know, do certain, make some, some of these decisions. And it's so hard to separate that emotional from the business and especially for smaller landlords that are really involved in a, almost like a relationship with some of these people, it can get really, really complicated. And when they call us, we kind of give them a reality check we bring them down from like, you know, if they're angry, if they're, you know, upset or whatever it is, and we try to, you know, give them some clear steps to take um, and, you know, talk them off that ledge where they're like, you know, I don't know what to do or, you know, <laughs> I, I hate this person. Like you, you just need, yeah, you need that extra push, like that kind of vote of confidence to say, yeah, I am doing the right thing. Like, thank, thank you, AAOA, for the vote of confidence. <laughs> I, I will do the right thing, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And if, if we can't tell you with, with our vote of confidence, we'll, we'll give you a great attorney who can or, you know, a CPA who can tell you more about your taxes or what it is, whatever it is. We'll we'll find a way to make you feel that way. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I, I want to ask because um, you've mentioned, I think, several times and I can't even remember each time that, oh, we just launched this and oh just a couple <laughs> months ago we did this so maybe you can give us sort of like a sneak peek or a teaser for yeah. what's on the plate this year that's going to be new for AAOA huh okay well one of them is uh bank verifications which I mentioned um so being able to view a tenant's banking history basic uh history you know account balance uh direct deposits from employers that's huge. Otherwise, really the only way to verify income is to collect a paycheck or call the employer, maybe look at tax returns. Um, that all takes time, a lot of it, especially yeah. if you have a lot of tenants. So that's going to be a huge time saver. And it's also going to be a lot more accurate because, uh, you know, a lot of people fake their paycheck stubs. That's probably one of the most faked documents on a, an application. You don't um, believe how many internet memes I see about that, like in, you know, in yeah. property manager groups yeah. and things like that. It's a joke. It's a joke to ask for a paycheck stub because you could like easily create one. So this is going to show a direct deposit if they have had direct deposits set up, which most people do nowadays, um, into a bank account from an employer who was the direct deposit coming from. And also um, looking at, you know, the total balance, which is really the person's safety net um, and looking at if something were to go wrong, would they be able to maybe do something, use use that, that safety net that they have? And unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people don't have one, um, but I think it's definitely worth looking into. Um, and then I think another, uh, we just launched the multifamily insurance, which is fantastic with one of our partners. Um, we have our legal forms, which are really new as well. Um, basically state specific forms reviewed by legal professionals that you can build online. Um, and we're looking to do some more stuff with our education. Um, and that's, that's going to be, you know, in terms of like more webinars, 
more ebooks, more more education. Um, so that's some things they have to look forward to. That's awesome. And I'm, at this point, I can promise you, everyone listening is thinking, well, how do I keep in touch with AOA? Where do I go to sign up? Where, where should people go to learn more about AOA or sign up, start that membership or subscribe for free to your, your resources? Yeah, absolutely. So if you just go to aaoa.com, It'll redirect you to our website, which is a really long URL, unfortunately. <laughs> but aaoa.com, and there's a, a join button on there. You can join for free. Uh, you can become a pro or a pro plus or VIP member if you want some additional discounts on all of our services um, and other resources. But free is I mean, anybody can do that's it. That's the best price. I, that's my favorite price. <laughs> you don't lose anything with doing it, and all you'll gain is some knowledge from our newsletter, a helpful person to talk to, and some resources that you know you can trust and use when you need them. So, um, aaoa.com. Beautiful, Alexandra. Thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this amazing information with us. Um, we'll have to have you back another time toward the end of the year to update us on 2020. Yes. I'd love to come back. And I think we missed Katrina. She, she looks like her connection got out, but yeah, the, the unfortunate <laughs> thing with like relying on technology, yeah. right? Well, but thank you to Katrina and thank you to you, Ethan, as well for inviting me on. I really have loved working with you guys and I hope to work with you guys more in the future. It's, it's a pleasure, and we, we certainly will. Alexandra, thanks so much. For everyone listening, go to aaoa.com, click join. It's free. There's no reason not to. Go get access to all those resources. And, um, yeah, good luck to you, Alexandra. I, I can't wait to see how 2020 goes for AAOA. And um, for everyone listening, if you want to listen to our past sessions, of course, subscribe to the Latchel Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the Crowdcast channel here. Um, and we do these every two weeks, trying to bring you information on the space, on the industry, the trends. Um, and if you're interested in Latchel, head over to latchel.com to learn more about our service there. I'd love to show you how we can take 80% of the time you spend on maintenance off your plate and also create new profit streams for you. So go to latchel.com, click the learn more button there, and we can talk. Alexandra, thanks so much. Have an awesome weekend. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button, give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review too if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together, maybe not, but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks, everyone. See you back next week.